Uh, here we go. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm Karen. And I'm Lauren. And this is Downstage Left, the theater podcast where we talk a little, laugh a lot, and know nothing. We know nothing. Uh, okay, so today... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's what we're going to do. Here's Karen. We continue our quest... Tell the people. ...for Sierra Vargas Sierra to Vagas, notice us. Notice us. Please. In my head, this is, like, dumb... Um, but like, I always, when you say Sierra, but I always want to just like echo and be like, Sierra! Sure. <laughs> like, in like an Oprah like, way? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, sure. That's what I want to do. Uh, uh, and that's not correct. Well, but now it is. It's and fine. I don't know. Listen, canon notice for our us. Podcast. It's fine. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's Listen, where I'm at. <laughs> notice us. It's fine. Um, today. I'm just like, I, my shenanigans are all over the place, Karen. I'm sure, so sorry. It's okay. It's, listen, we record on a Saturday and usually we are both like a little scattered and I feel fine about it. It's part of the energy of the pod. It is part of the energy. Uh, friend, today, in an effort to get Sierra Vagas to know us, um, we are going to talk about the show, The Secret Garden. The Secret Garden. So, uh, this is like an old timey show. What do you know about it? I've seen it. Okay. Um, before, like what, a long time ago. Okay. Um, some really pretty, I've sung a couple of songs from it, like with voice teachers and stuff. Sure. Like, the first it's, one I was like. It's pretty, I don't know how to even describe the music. It's like very much from the nineties, uh, like late eighties, early nineties in that vein. And it's pretty like flowery. Yeah. Like the music is like. I don't like for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, like the first when I was like working with my first voice teacher when I was like um like middle school, high school. Yep. Um, I was given the the little kid song at the beginning. Sure. Um, which I don't remember now. And then <laughs> sure. um then I sang some song one of Lily's songs for an audition or something. So I like kind of know the music, yeah. but not um, that well. pretty I think famous is not the right word, but I think pretty popular for Soprano. Like there's a lot of good songs like that in here that yeah. I like good solo material in that way. Yeah. Um, it's based on the nineteen eleven novel, The Secret Garden. Which I think you um, read, but sure, I have sure. read the book. Um, by Francis Hodgson Burnett. Uh and then the script and lyrics were Marsha Norman with music by Lucy Simon and premiered on Broadway in nineteen ninety one for seven hundred and nine performances. Okay. And then we would open up in two thousand one uh on the West End. Uh, there's a lot of different, it went through a lot of kind of different iterations and, uh, we'll talk a little bit more once we get into it, sort of those types of things. But, um, it was, it has a lot of kind of famous people attached to it. Um, and it did win the Tony award for best book of a musical Oh, nice! and, um, best featured actress in a musical Daisy Egan and best scenic design. Um, at age 11, Egan was the youngest female recipient of a Tony Award to date. Aww. So 11. 11. Sure. Um, in which I know that name, but like, I guess I forget she was a child. Yeah. <laughs> in my mind, I was like, what? Sure. Um, when it wild. was, when it went uh, West End, uh, Adrian Noble, who's a pretty famous West End director, uh, directed, and then Jillian Lynn staged and choreographed the production. Jillian Lynn has a pretty, I think, a pretty historic run with like a lot of Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff. Hmm. Um, so, and had, I think, I think she might be RIP. If she's not, so sorry. Congrats on being alive. But, um, (laughs) she has a theater out there named, named after her. She's a pretty prolific in the, on the West End. Okay. Um, it would then go on to be done many different places and many different, uh, versions. 
including the one that uh, Sierra Vargas was in. Uh, sure. 2018? Well, yeah. And so basically, they did it in concert a couple times for a, uh, the third annual World AIDS Day benefit, in which Laura Benanti and Stephen Pascal and Will Chase, Celia Keenan Bolgert, like a lot of those famous names, Max von Essen, mm-hmm. uh, they did it. Um, and then it was done again at Lincoln Center. The Lincoln Center one is the one that Sierra Bagas was in with uh, Ramin Karamalu, who was reuniting with her sure, uh, Phantom Ramin. and et cetera co-star. And then Cheyenne Jackson, who I love, Ooh, I love her too. Uh, was in it as well as Ben Platt. Oh. Yeah. Um, How old was he at that point? Oh, wait. Well, pretty young. Yeah, I was going to say, 2016. Young. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, young-ish. So, young-ish. Um, 2016. Okay. Uh, young-ish. So, anyway... Um, Let's get into it. Here we go. Uh, and, of course, this synopsis uh, coming to us from Wikipedia, our yes. favorite source of information, mm-hmm. um, and also uh, the original Broadway production from 91, um, which starred Rebecca Luker, who is like well, R.I.P. for her, for sure, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, sure. We should maybe one day we'll just do a we'll do a show where it's just alive or dead. Oh, boy. Just that's, kidding. All right. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, maybe maybe the one deep dive that I was going to do today that I'm not going to do, that might be it. Sure. Okay. <laughs> that's the uh, one. <laughs> here we go. Uh, act one. Mary Lennox is a sickly 10-year-old English girl who has lived mostly in isolation in India since her birth. She dreams of English nursery rhymes and Hindi chants opening. Survivors of a cholera outbreak discover Mary and inform her that her parents and nearly everyone she knew, including her ayah, have died during the the epidemic. And There's Aya a girl. is what? I believe that is her, like, um, sure, it is Chinese, uh, like a, like a housekeeper or like a governess kind of okay. person. Um, I was wondering if it was like a, it was like a family member or like, yep. I don't know. Um, cool. Mary is sent to live in England with her mysterious uncle Archibald Craven, a reclusive hunchback who has spent years grieving the death of his wife, Lily. Due to Archibald's introversion, the management of his manor house, Misselthwaite, <laughs> that's that's a word. Sure, that's right. This and that's the weight. name of the house? Yes. I... Here's the thing. In a fun way in which uh, this is, I think, more traditional overseas in, like, England especially, in which they, like, named their manners. Yeah. I want to name my house. Sure. What would you call your house? I don't know. Sure. That's, I would. I, I don't, don't know. know. I'm trying to think. I'd have to really think waffle about Palace. it. Waffle Palace. Waffle Palace. Because my dog's name is sure, Waffles. Sure. Not yeah. because you Not love because waffles. I love waffles. Yeah. I, I was for a while going to try and, like, get, like, make House von Neuwirth a thing. Oh, my God. I love like, that. Like, House spelled, like, the German way, oh, right? Sure. Like, because. Because, yeah, House von Neuwirth. Um, I don't know. <laughs> that was, like, a thing I was trying to get started and no one got on board with it. So, sure. Like, <laughs> in which Alan, your husband, just went, he was like, goodbye, no, I'm leaving yeah. our home now <laughs> like, forever. I'm, you're never, you're not allowed sure. to be Neuwirth anymore. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I, I'd have to, like, consider it. I mean, um, mine could be something generic, like Riverside Manor or something like that, because I am next to a river. That's nice. Um, I maybe enjoy that. Great. I might start using that. Riverside um, Manor. Oh, my God, maybe. For your apartment, sure. <laughs> essentially. <laughs> it's sure, not manor size. My beautiful two-bedroom, one-and-a-half yeah, bath. Yeah, it's adorable. Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> anyway. Okay. Anyway. So next. they sing the song, There's a Girl. Uh, oh, sorry. No, we're way past that. So, uh, Misselway is a largely, is largely left to, sorry, I'm going to back up a little. Fine. Um, so she goes to live with her uncle, Archibald. Yes. But the manager of his house, Misselway, is largely left to his manipulative brother, Dr. Neville Craven. Oh, I hate my nip- manipulative brother. Especially named Neville. No. Um, the housekeeper, Mrs. Medlock, 
coldly welcomes Mary to Yorkshire. Okay. Due to Archibald and Mary's lingering grief, the house is haunted by ghosts from their pasts. Identified in the libretto as dreamers who sometimes act as a Greek chorus of narrators, including the ghosts of Mary's parents, Rose and Albert. So... I remember this. Yes. Yeah. There's, like, it's... The main characters who are alive are Archibald, Mary, the housekeeper, and Neville. Mm-hmm. But Lily, who is Archibald's wife... She shows up a dead, lot. She's yeah. in a lot. Yeah. Sure. In which you're like, wait, who am I? And you're like, no, no, don't worry. You'll be in it. Okay. Um, <laughs> lonely and misbehaving, Mary despises her new surroundings, and her first night there hears echoes of crying voices. I heard someone crying. Whew. Also, this show, in the tradition of amazing names of songs... Oh, yeah. No, here's the thing. Really tells you what's just, up. No one knows how to name their songs. No. Like I don't know. It's uh, it's my fine. favorite thing. Uh, the next morning, Mary meets Martha, a young chambermaid who encourages Mary to go outside by telling her about the surrounding moorland and, in particular, a hidden garden. If I had a fine white horse, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Archibald remains submerged in his ghostly memories of Lily, a girl in the valley. Um, and also, if you're trying to picture along, uh, the concert version that we talked about that has Sierra Bagus in it. Um, Archibald is played by um, Ramin Karamalu, okay. and Neville is played by Cheyenne Jackson. I and then like, Sierra Bagus is Lily. I always wonder too, like when I saw it, it was a local production, and uh, like the Hunchback. Did they give him a Hunchback? Yeah, and it was weird. Um, sure. It, so like, I feel no like, shame to any of our Hunchback listeners. No, well, artificial Hunchback sure. sometimes, like depending Just on how like you pillow. do it, is weird because like logistically when you think about breathing and right. singing you can't be hunched, hunched over, over for an entire yeah. show so you have to find a way your actor can still stand up tall where he looks like he has a hunch sure and that is like i think the weirdest hardest part about it yeah i believe that so that's anyway <laughs> sure um so he sings the song a girl in the valley about lily mary explores the grounds victorian style topiary maze discovering the walled garden overgrown with ivy she enters the old. Uh, she encounters. I'm sorry. Yeah. She encounters the old gardener Ben Weatherstaff uh, in a song called "It's a Maze." Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> sounds like the musical what adaptation call this song of like, about a maze. A maze uh, call it "It's a Maze." <laughs> so it's a maze. Sure. Uh, who says the garden has been locked since Lily's death, as it reminds Archibald of her, and its doors. Uh, its door has been lost somewhere behind the weeds. Martha's mystical brother Deacon. Dickon? Dickon, I Dickon. think is the yeah. name, yeah. Oh, I didn't want to say Dickon, but sure. Dickon. Dickon. Uh, Dickon in the uh, concert was played by Ben Platt. Got it. Invokes the spring, winters on the wing, in a rustic druid-like fashion. When he comes upon Mary, he gives her some seeds, claiming uh, and claims that he can converse with animals and teaches her to speak to, sorry, and teaches her to speak the Yorkshire Yorkshire dialect to a robin, which guides Mary to the garden's secret key. Show me the key. Okay. Inside the manor, Neville and Archibald are discussing how Neville abandoned his medical practice to take care of a bedridden boy when Mary suddenly enters. She asks Archibald for a bit of earth to plant a garden of her own. He allows it, and after she leaves, confides to Neville that his dreams of Lily have been worsening, which Neville blames on the arrival of Mary, who bears a strong physical resemblance to her Aunt Lily. Curious at the simple modesty of Mary's request for some earth, Archibald muses on Lily and Mary's shared interest in gardening. A bit of earth. Sure. Yeah. As why York- not? <laughs> Here's the thing. In a fun way, which, once again, musicals love to be like, how are you related? Similar interests. Uh, anyway. Knows. Yeah. Um, Gustav Gustav. <laughs> love there to bring him in. Yep. We haven't heard Gustav Gustav. I like, enjoy it. I'm um, on board. Sure. As the Yorkshire gloom turns to a fearsome storm, storm one, Archibald and Neville grieve separately over Lily. 
Thus, it is revealed that both men were in love with her, and they sing Lily's eyes. Uh, that duet, though, man, oh, is gorgeous. gorgeous. It's so beautiful. Like, in a way where sometimes men don't get, like, a good oh. men and men duet, you oh. know what I mean? Yeah. It's really, really There's nice. only a few that I can think of, and most of them are written by Sondheim. <laughs> sure, sure, exactly. Like, you know, Agony, Agony and yeah. then, um, what's the one with the, in Sweeney Todd, where they're like... Oh. Yeah, I know which one you're talking I about. Can't I can't get it right name. now, but yep. yeah, there's a couple of those. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Mary again hears crying, Storm 2, but this time she uncovers its source. Colin, a secret cousin of hers, who has oh been confined God. to his bed since birth, when his mother Lily died. <sighs> uh, Colin, sure, this is like sad, sad, a sad r- discovery. Yeah. Colin has been in his bed his entire life because his father, Archibald, probably following Neville's misleading medical advice, feared that Colin would also become a hunchback. Colin confides in Mary that he nightly dreams of a man who comes to him and reads from a magical book, A Round-Shouldered Man. That's the song. Creepy. However, just as Mary and Colin embrace each other's long-desired company, because they're both so lonely, which, like, as children, kids, kids, all they need is, like, one buddy. buddy, yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Uh, Just as they embrace, Neville and Mrs. Medlock burst in and angrily tell her she is never to see Colin again because of his fragile medical condition ambiguous medical condition but okay fine well there is none as the storm reaches its peak a distraught mary runs outside where the ghost of lily reveals the location of the hidden door to the garden and mary inserts the key final storm and that's the end of act one yeah she discovers the garden pretty concise man it's quick love that the ghost is helping her um why not mary has a reverie uh about her loved ones and her desire for the garden to offer her privacy and the chance to discover herself the girl i mean to be that's the song that i I knew study when i was a kid yeah yep um uh, honestly in a way where sometimes like shows where one of your main protagonists is like a child this one's kind of weird because there's like a she really is like the only one there's like a lot of adults swarming around her yeah um but in a way where like maybe annie gets it wrong this show does i think a nice job of like the kid songs Mm -hmm. are pretty pretty great pretty pretty um mature yeah yep they're like well written but also not difficult to sing for a kid yep uh neville's musings are darker enviously recalling his unrequited love for lily Aww. neville wants archibald to leave muscle weight entirely to him the two brothers <laughs> sorry the name of your oh, house missile miss missile wait yeah wait wait i don't know um, how to say this sure riverside manor that's why the two brothers thoughts are interwoven with ghostly echoes of old arguments between lily and her sister rose Mary's mother mm-hmm. about Archibald's suitability sure, as a perspective husband. Lily and Rose, yeah, Correct. got it, adorable. Yeah. It's like Lily and Petunia in the Harry Correct. Potter series. Okay. Um, what? So anyway, they're having an argument about Archibald's suitability as a prospective husband and father, and it's a quartet, and it's very. This is like another really well written piece where I love a quartet. Me too. Um, my favorite quartet is obviously West Side Story, but um, it's really nicely done, and it does a good job of like explaining kind of everybody's side of things mm-hmm. um the melancholy archibald archibald has decided to slip away to paris for a while pausing only to read a fairy tale to colin while the boy sleeps race you to the top of the morning in which thus also this whoever wrote this recap used the word thus a lot <laughs> thus the round well you added the words in which so it was like two, um two transitions sure oh well okay thus the round-shouldered man is not a dream at all, but merely Colin's own father, who, despite his emotional devastation, still deeply loves his son. So, like, that is heartbreaking, sure, that obviously. That is heartbreaking. Um, Mary tells Dickon that she has now been inside the garden, but the plants are all dead. Dickon explains that it's probably just dormant, and that, with some assistance, it will grow back. Wick. Mm-hmm. 
Mary tells Colin about the garden, but he is reluctant to go outside until he is encouraged by an inviting vision of his mother, Lily. Come to my garden, lift me up. Nice. Uh, Mary, Dickon, and Martha clandestinely bring Colin to the garden in a wheelchair. Oh, in a wheelchair. Sorry, period. Sorry. <laughs> the <end>. I'm <laughs> done. And show. That's the end um, of the show. No. <laughs> in the garden, the exercise, fresh air, and magical incantations in both Hindi and English, led by Mary... The ghosts and the manor staff strengthen Colin, allowing him to rise from his wheelchair for the first time. Come spirit, come charm, Aww, which is a lovely little so song. Um, ben reveals that Lily died giving birth to Colin from injuries sustained during an accident in the garden. Okay. Colin makes Mary and the staff promise not to tell Archibald about Colin's recovery until he is able to fully walk. The onlooking ghosts sing the praises of the renewed garden. A bit of earth reprise. There's so many ghosts. I sure, the ghosts do a great so job. Many. Sure. Good job, ghosts. Love the ghosts. Um, Love back, the ghosts. Sure. That's the name of the episode. Love the ghosts. Love the ghosts. <laughs> um, back in the house, uh, Neville faces <clears throat> down Mary as he threatens to send her away to boarding school, culminating in a violent confrontation between the doctor and the girl. Immediately oh. after, Martha soothes Mary, telling her to stay strong in a song called Hold On. Oh. Like the Wilson Phillips. Hold on to one more time. <laughs> sure. What the hell? <laughs> Well, that's what I think of when I hear those words is hold on. <laughs> hold on to one more day. Okay. Anyway, um, Mary writes to Archibald in Paris, letter song, mm-hmm. uh, urging him to come home. Archibald's emotional turmoil continues to dominate him. Where in the world? However, Lily's ghost reappears. Archibald is able to see her and she tells him that she always loved him. They come to a conclusion that her death was no one's fault and Archibald can finally let her go as she tells him to care for their child and go home. How could I ever know? That's the other one I did. Sure. Beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's so beautiful. Uh, In a way where there are no shortages of solos for like Sopranos. No, but like this one. this one is like, it's like pretty and the song itself, it's pretty like an understatement, but like also the song itself is just like very moving at this point mm-hmm. in the show. Well, and I think um, too, like as love far that as, like, eleven o'clock hour number, Sopr- right? Soprano rap though, like this one is is <clears throat> it's different because uh, I feel like not a lot of people. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I, I don't hear it very often. No, I don't um, think it gets sung very often at all. Yeah, and I think that's what's nice about it. Sure, if you go back to <laughs> listeners, if you go back to a previous episode, this is an underrated musical. I think. Yeah, the music's yeah. really pretty. It's pretty. Um, um, and it's a nice story. Like, it's, it, you know, it comes from good source material. Yeah. Um, anyway, how could I ever know? Returning, Archibald enters the garden to find Colin completely healthy. In fact, he is beating Mary in a foot race when Archibald walks through the door. Archibald, a changed man, sends Neville away to his parish flat and triumphantly embraces Mary and Colin back into his life. The spirit of Mary's parents join Lily, promising to keep them safe for the rest of their days. Finale. Good. Get rid of that Dr. Neville. He sounds terrible. Yep. Um... Yeah, I, here's the thing. I it's been a while since I've seen the show. Um, I remember the music being beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, and not that it always needs to be catchy though. I don't know if any of this stuff gets stuck yeah. in my head. Um, but that's okay. Yeah, um, I agree. Well, that's the, I think that's why this one gets a little underrating. Where it's not a show where you're like humming the music afterward. No, yeah. Um, but it is like I would encourage you if you're somebody who hasn't heard it, just go pop the the soundtrack on and give it a listen. Yeah. Um. Some changes from the books that I think were potentially for the best. Um, and, these, you know, the book itself is, I remember it as being, like, a kid's book. It's, like, not, but it is. I think I read it when I was pretty sure, young. Sure, like, young. Yeah. Um, and the focus on the book is more kids. And so, obviously, the musical fleshed out the adult pieces a little the bit adult more. adult stories, yeah. Um, and then in the book, Archibald's wife, Lilius. 
That's gross name. I don't like it. Correct. Yeah, um, is actually um, she's the sister of Mary Lennox's father. Okay. And then in the in the uh, show they change it that they're sisters, so they have Lillian Rose. Sure. Um, there's also um, Colin's pr- physician is not Neville. It's a, just a random unnamed poor cousin and whatever mm-hmm. um i think the the drama with the father uh, the brother is like very interesting. yes it's like very fun yes and also there's a there's a subplot in which in the book i think happens where um colin of, is of course the heir to miss little but neville if colin dies neville is so uh, there's like a little bit of play in there as ooh, well is it like the correct thing we're like trying to kill this yes. kid that's gross yes don't like that um I forgot too in this musical how much like how much Indian influence is in yes, like part of it. Very alphabet. much so. Um, which yes, is yes, like yes. as a as a production from a production standpoint, it's an interesting like challenge to overcome. I agree. Especially for a local production that doesn't maybe don't we don't have like an Indian yeah. population, you know? Um <laughs> yes. so there's that Well, in a fun way where it it does kind of immediately be it immediately moves them yeah. away and is like, but all white people now is the story. Yeah, it's it's like an interesting challenge. That, I mean the Indian influence though for the music I think it is really nice and it's mm-hmm. beautiful. Um so but it's uh yeah, how do you treat it so that it's not offensive and you just embrace the gorgeousness of the Sure. An interesting thing so kind of going back. That's listen, like I said, we we both enjoy the music of the show. Yeah. Um what's interesting is so Marsha Norman who I think did the book actually won a Pulitzer Prize for Drama in 1983. It is um, I mean it is one of the best. I mean taking the source material, I just think they have done the the original novel such justice yep. while while making it its own really nice thing. She also did Night Mother and that's what she won the Pulitzer for. Okay. Um so potentially like a little bit more known for um a little bit better known for like that piece which a play. Yeah. But she also did the libretto for the color purple. Which ah. if you haven't heard that music, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll do that one eventually. Like go listen there. to that. And then did Bridges of uh, uh Bridges did the the libretto for Bridges of Madison County. That's a big mouthful. <laughs> sure. Um. So I mean that's that's amazing. Um. And then, uh, the music that Lucy Simon did. She's best known for Secret Garden and Doctor Shivago. Okay. Um. And in fact, I am now just looking at some stuff she did that, and that's she kind of that's pretty much it. She kind of like pieced out a little bit there. Um. And some Sesame Street stuff. She has a Grammy for some Sesame Street things. Cute. Uh, here's who, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, up top about some of the awards. This show has been done, you know, like I said, the Broadway version won a bunch of Tonys, but it has a lot of names in it in which oh, yeah. Daisy Egan, as I'm we discussed, that, yeah. youngest person, Mandy Patinkin, yeah, yeah, yeah. was Archibald. We know he is, you know, he's, he's, he played Jay and he's played a million different things. Um, and then also had like great commercial success as well. Rebecca Luker was Lily. Yep. Yeah, sure. If you don't know him, he's, yeah, he's freaking an Inigo Mantel. I always have to like, people are like, who's Mandy Patinkin? I'm like, hello, my name is Inigo Mantel. That's right. <laughs> um, which honestly, that. if that was your only thing you were known for, congratulations. Fine. Yeah. Like, great. Um, but he's so good. Sure. John Cameron Mitchell was Dickin in that, mm-hmm. um, version. And like I said, a lot of really sort of famousy people have gone on to play it. Yeah. That World's AIDS Day benefit, Stephen Pascal, Laura Benanti, Will Chase, uh, oh, Sylvia Keenan Bolger. Oh, yep. you just said that. I'm yep. sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> My brain was like yeah, reading something else. Um, and then the Lincoln Center one, Ramin, Sierra, Cheyenne Jackson, Daisy Egan, Ben Platt. Um, it was revived in 2016, also on the West End. 
Uh, it was done ugh, as a Make-A-Wish benefit concert in which Rebecca Luca reprised her role as Lily. And that had Max von Essen in it. Wow. Um, you know, like I said, it has just been around for a long time. And they had a pre-Broadway lab run in which I think, if my memory serves, this was potentially going to come back to Broadway. Mm. And then... Oh. Yep. Well, and then we had a pandemic. Oh, so um, it's it's one of those ones that, like I said, it, it has seen... It's seen some notoriety, especially when it first came out in 91. It was like, it was a big year in 91 for it, and, and it won all those awards. But I think this is like one of those, like truly, one of the ones that just, it just, it doesn't, it has not seen the same critical success, I think, as mm-hmm. potentially other shows. Other shows of its contemporary. Correct. Yeah, I agree with that. Um. Hold on, please. I know some of the critiques of it are kind of like, you know, it's just kind of there, you know, right. which is like fine. Um, I think it's, I think it's nice. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, here's the thing. I maybe, maybe to its, to its detriment. I, it's, I don't have strong feelings about it really either way. Well, like, that's kind of the problem, but that's the thing. And that's kind of the problem. Like you were saying <laughs> is it doesn't have music that you're like humming or like that you hear the chords and you're like, Oh shit! Secret yeah, Garden. Something's gonna happen. Or yeah, you're not like I gotta go listen to this right now because I'm into it. It's just like yeah, it's just nice to go see it. And then when you're done, you're like, okay. Next. Um, sure. So. This uh, the nineteen. I just wanted to bring this up, and I was looking the nineteen ninety one um Tony Awards. It was up against um, oh, yep. It was up against Will Rogers Follies, Miss Saigon, Once on This Island, Secret Garden. So mm-hmm. big powerhouse shows that. Power uh, shows know. that interestingly are like um, non-white, like American. You know what I mean? Sure, like, a real, real diverse, a diverse year. I agree. Um, which is funny for the '90s because that wasn't really that exciting. Like for, that wasn't not exciting. It wasn't no. popular. But if you, know, you in culture, if you recall, Miss Saigon had a white person playing. A, That's a good point. Yeah. I wonder how offensive they were. Sure. Um, well, once on this island wasn't. That has always been steeped in like a pretty good, I think, diverse. And we'll maybe do that on the show should, at some yeah. point. Um, but she was up against. Um, Sure, <gasps> Leah Salonga, who won, who I believe won for Kim in Miss Saigon, Saigon yeah. and that's like one of her most iconic. Oh yeah, her most iconic roles. I She's think the, that's like the only. That's thing. who when I I'm think like, of. Miss yep. Saigon, Leah Salonga. When I think of Leah Salonga, I'm like she was Kim in Miss Saigon. Yep. I don't know what else she did. A lot of stuff, I think. But I sure, <laughs> I, I think of her, and this is funny. I always think of her as Eponine, but she was a replacement. Uh, yeah. So like not an originator. So sorry, girl, you replaced that. I don't know who you are. <laughs> Um, but they were up against in that category for um, actress and musical June Angel Angela for Shogun the musical, um, Will cool. D Hody for Will Rogers and Kathy Rigby playing Peter Pan. Oh, mm-hmm. neat. and then of course Daisy Egan won it, uh, youngest blah blah again up against a lot of um, oh against another Secret Garden person and then. Will Rogers and Once on This Island. What a burn to like get beat out by an eleven year old for an. Well, that I don't. I think people were pretty celebratory of it. That's good. Um, but but don't you think like secretly you were like son of a bitch? (laughs) I mean, yeah. So uh, you know, like I said, it it in a year in which cray cray bananas things were happening on Broadway. Um, and the nineties were an interesting time, and maybe we'll do like a little retrospective of this at some point. But like, the nineties is really when. The late 80s, early 90s is when the, like, what I would call, what they would consider now, like, the mega musical. Like, oh, yeah. That was, like, yeah. full 
productions of like cool effects and technical things and you know that was like right around phantom and les mis and like these big huge giant ensemble yeah. musicals too um in which secret garden not one of those yeah. uh pretty small cast uh, for the most part um and it just you know doesn't take itself like it's not too big it's not just it's like not. here's the story yeah ta-da well and it's i think one of those things too where uh like i said go go and listen to the to it if you can um and 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 it's good to just have in your like in your rolodex of shows yeah is what is what i would say and you know you don't have to i guess i guess whatever (laughs) but like it's it's i think it's nice to have um and like i said it's a really small cast well, and we were talking to you about like if you are studying voice, there's mm-hmm. some there's some, some good really... standalone pieces mm-hmm. that are good for vocal um, development. Yep. And not, sorry to get pedagogical on us, I guess, but like there, it's good for that reason. There's that really nice um, men do men's duet. Yep. Um, that I don't feel like we see very um, much. And it did like this is where you can kind of see in what we're talking about. It also for Drama Desk, it won outstanding musical, the best, the book won again. Yeah. Um, and then it had uh, one for outstanding orchestrations and set design. So, um, do do yourselves fire up that Google machine, my peeps, and get in there and just look at some of the pictures from the original production yeah. because it really is. Uh, they did such a good job of creating that garden piece and like that transformation and sort of the magical. Like there is the interesting thing about the show is there is like a little bit of a mysticism to it, and that's part of that hindi, like yeah, the hindi part the hindi is. Stuff. Um, it does create, and so to do that on stage, this is the part where I think it maybe is not recognized enough, but like it does do really cool magical things where, uh, and I think this is the maybe thing the book does a little bit better because it's more focused on the kids. There's like a childlike magic to it, right? Where you still believe in that and you are not jaded and you are not, and that's one of the enduring things about the Mary Lennox character is she keeps this sort of her character stays sort of positive not really but like you know she like gets melancholy and she has to have a ghost like tell her things but like for the most part she continues to like believe in this magic piece um which i think is kind of cool yeah if you're seeing if you're seeing the story through her eyes right that is that i think is something that is important to keep alive it's like the magic and the idea that the ghosts are around helping out right um sure they're friendly they're all they're all pals they're like casper Yes, they are like a Casper. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Sure. I don't, listen. This is where I'm at today. <laughs> sure. Guys, we've recorded a couple. Um, Lauren, do you believe in ghosts? Oh, God. Don't open that can of worms well, right now. You know, you know. Yeah. Because um, here's the thing. I didn't used to. And then, um, like, I've had some experiences over the last decade that have been like, yeah, there's 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 something happening. Sure. I for sure Z's believe in ghosts yeah. because in my old house, my like childhood home, we had them. Yeah. I had one in my, my last house and I've, yeah, I've had some ghosts. I This is something I went over with my kids the other day. Like just out, out of random, I was like, who believes in ghosts? Anyone? Because I got a story for you. And then it was like, let's tell ghost stories for this sure. hour. Because we had nothing to do that day. Sure. It was before spring break. It's fine. <laughs> education don't judge me uh social no, no, no. um we so i lived in an old house that his historic is like 200 years old um and we had a like our back door that like came in from the garage when you would come in it was like a split where you could go down the stairs to the basement or upstairs into like the kitchen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was a heavy oak door like like a old timey sure door a big ass door and um <laughs> you know like an old house it was like loud as hell and so you could be sitting in the living room 
and you would hear the door like slam shut like someone came in and you'd be like hello and you hear the stair creaks like someone coming up the stairs and you're like hello ghost hello nobody (laughs) nobody there and actually um we had so this huge house and it was like me and my parents right great and so uh, we used to rent out the upstairs as like a little starter apartment. It would have been a perfect apartment for like a starting out couple. It was like two bedrooms and a kitchen and whatever. Love it. And it had its own separate entrance, blah, blah. Um, and we used to, there was a, we had a couple living there one year and they were like, seemed like they were like newlyweds, seemed nice enough, whatever. And they started complaining about uh, a light in the closet coming on. Like where the light oh would just my come on. Gosh, stop it right now! And so uh, the part that was freaky, uh, that kind of freaked them out, was it would come on, and they did the thing where they unscrewed it a little so mm. that it would just stay off, no. and the next day it was on no. again. No. Um. And if listeners, if you've never unscrewed a light bulb, like if a light bulb is unscrewed even a little, it will not it work. Don't. Yeah, it doesn't. It go. like it will not turn on. And so we later found out that it was happening while this man was having an affair. <gasps> And so it was it. a friendly ghost trying to be like, attention, attention. And that's what this is. My, oh, my yes, God. Disclaimer. This is my interpretation of it. But that's wild. Isn't though. that crazy? And we found out. And then obviously the divorce moved out. But um, <gasps> I believe that it was a ghost trying to help trying out. to help out and like be like, attention, attention. And so we think um, we did. I did a, like a little historical deep dive into that house. And it was, um, you know, a million years old. But it used to be. Where they would put, uh, for the Presbyterian church that we go to, it used to be the reverend's house. So, like, the pastors oh. would live there. And so, back in the 1800s or the 1900s or whatever, um, they had wakes. And, like, back then, you would have wakes, not in, like, a funeral home. Like, in those didn't exist. Yeah. You would have them there. And we had a big, giant parlor that was, like, you would potentially put the body oh and have, God. like, people come through. And so, I think that it's, like, I believe that it's a spirit from there. Yeah. Like, somebody who, like, came through there. Um, also... One of the reverends that lived there has committed suicide, not in our house. Oh, God. But we think he may be, like, tied back to it because he, like, lived there. And so I believe that – I will tell you, I never had anything bad happen other than, like, again, the occasional door opening and closing where you were like, Hello. is anyone home? Like, that was the time when Ooh. I would be home after school with no one because my parents were still at work. And he'd be like, hello? Oh, my God. That's is so creepy. Someone here? No, it's just the ghost. And I believe we had an old woman ghost. That's my okay. parents think that. So she was looking out for that. I think like, so. New girl. That's who Aww. I think it was. Oh, um, that's crazy and weird. Is that? Oh, my God. So, listeners, tell us if you believe in ghosts. Let us know. Sure. Uh, love you the ghost. You can that's tell us at... Sure. Love those ghosts. Love those uh, ghosts. The ghost at Riverside Manor. Um, sure. You can let us know. We are on all the socials at Downstage Left PC, and you can send us a longer email at downstageleftpc at gmail.com or just go to our website, downstageleftpodcast.com. Uh-huh. Um, we would love to hear from you. Do you like ghosts? Have you heard do you know the secret garden yeah. do you do you have a secret garden do, oh if you have a secret garden please tell us about it send Although, us a picture maybe not a secret anymore i don't know like i gotta know about your secret garden though. we don't know where it is so it's still secret but we would love to have a picture of you and your secret garden um or you and a ghost if you have a picture of you and a ghost <laughs> send it along <laughs> um yep. yes thank I, you <laughs> i'm gonna say uh lauren i think we did it we did it. Indeed, we did. Sure. Guys, go listen to this musical. It's a good one. And I, like I said, I don't think it's as well known as kind of the big splashy ones from that time. Uh, but it's the music is beautiful. And, you know, do yourself a favor and get acquainted with it. Uh, I'm going to say exit stage left. 
pursued by a hunchback in a wheelchair. Oh, I thought you were going to say a ghost. No, I thought that was too obvious. Sure, that's too obvious. Five hundred.